0: giving yourself grace. How important is that? We don't give ourselves enough grace, and I I personally especially don't do that when it comes to photography, because it has become my business. It has become how I survive. It has become sort of the thing that I depend on, and so it is very difficult for me to... Allow for mistakes. I just feel there's so much pressure. And, and don't get me wrong, I still love it. And I can't imagine doing anything else, but I do feel an immense amount of pressure anytime I'm doing an assignment to get it right, to get it perfect, to get it as perfect as possible.
1: Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. Thank you so much for tuning back into Windowsill Chats. And if it is your first listen, welcome. I am so glad that you're here with me today. I really had a great chat with my friend Christopher Dibble today. I look forward to hearing what you think. Do let me know. Christopher Dibble is a West Coast-based photographer. He was born and raised in LA, and he is currently residing in Portland, he studied at Art Center College of Design and has spent his career photographing projects for commercial and editorial clients, designers, artists, and architects. Christopher specializes in lifestyle interiors and portraiture. He's been interviewed by Popular Photography magazine about his environmental portraiture and was selected as one of the advocates 40 under 40. Well deserved. His work has been featured in editorial publications, including House Beautiful. Dwell, HGTV, Country Living, Entertainment Weekly, and People Magazine. He's also produced work for several manufacturers. While portraiture and interior design are considered two different photographic genres, Christopher works to combine his understanding of both with the intent of creating imagery that tells a story. And we we really go into this, kind of how looking through the lens at one thing makes you think about another. And I think that's very cool. And you might uh, recognize Christopher's work if you follow Lisa Congdon and her Instagram at all. Christopher has shot Lisa's portraits for quite some time and he is the photographer of the new portraits she has been showing that focus and showcase her new collaboration with Brooks Running Shoes, an American running shoe company. So anyway, I digress, but you might go, Oh, yes, I've seen those. You can find Christopher's work on his website at ChristopherDibble.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-D-I-B-B-L-E.com. And his Instagram is DibblePhoto. So go take a look and check it out for yourself. I also wanted to say that I always put all the information we talk about into the show notes. So you can find those at TantowStudio.com backslash podcast. Anyway, enough of all the details. Let's get down to it. Here is Christopher Dibble. So thank you so much for being here today, Mr. Christopher Dibble. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it would kind of be fun to tell people how we met. Another Lisa Condon connection in a way, because... I had gotten called from a friend who's an editor of Country Living. And she said, Hey, could you help out with this shoot? Which was at a house of other friends, which of course I love to do. And then Lisa came to visit and she said, Hey, my friend is coming to shoot a house here. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like There can't be two people doing that. And it was you.
0: I know. It's so, it's, it's crazy. It's everybody always, it's such a small world. It's so small. But it, re- I mean, it really is. I think, you know, when you kind of find your, your tribe and, you know, your people, it it, then it gets even like smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and I love that. I I love working with friends and friends of friends. And I remember going through school and talking about freelance life and and how that works. And it's like people want to people want to work with their friends. People want to work with friends that they want to be on set with all day. And so it's always nice when that kind of happens and you get to meet friends of friends and then that turns into a friendship. And so I I love that.
1: I love it too. And I knew, you know, there's a lot of my life where I did a lot of magazine work and shelter magazine work and photography. And I had just missed that. So getting back into that and working with somebody that was so fun and you have such a good eye, it was, it was great. I love
0: it. it. I'm very lucky. And I try and remind myself that I'm fortunate to do uh, what I do. I'm I'm lucky. It took a it took a while.
1: Yep. So I want to know a little bit about that. So tell tell us a little bit about your creative journey. Kind of how you got into photography specifically. Was it was there something that made you want to be a photographer? Because I know there's other creative things to talk to you about as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I come from a long line of photographers. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> I do my my um, my dad's cool. dad was a photographer. My dad was a photographer. Growing up, and my dad taught photography um at uh city college and i remember being a kid and like being in the dark room and kind of like you that. know exposing paper and developing it and and i'll say while i did enjoy that it wasn't necessarily something that i was like when i grow up i'm gonna be a photographer I, w- I did not excel in in a formal educational system, school was not really for me. Uh, struggled a lot, but made it through. And then I thought, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really think about what I was gonna do when I grew up. But I went to. I went to a city college after high school and had electives. And I was like, oh, I'm, I like films. I really like, you know, Stanley Kubrick. And um, I started really getting into film and I thought, oh, I'm going to be a cinematographer. This is going to be great. And I remember one time reading a quote from Stanley Kubrick that I absolutely cannot remember verbatim. But it was something like, you know, if you want to be a great cinematographer, you have to understand still photography. Ah and sort of the the basics. And that's really something that I've I've sort of held on to with a lot of my creative endeavors, sort of, okay, let's understand, you know, the foundation. Let's understand the foundation so that we can like really truly explore. It's like going to a new pizza place. Like, I just give me the give me the margarita. Yes. Give me the margarita pizza. I want to taste that and then we can play with with the additions.
1: And then you're going to know how they are as well and
0: you're gonna know how they are yeah i I don't know it's just it just sort of clicked and it sort of stuck and i thought oh i guess i'm gonna go to art school for photography started looking at schools ended up at art center in pasadena and what was so great about um my head art center was this was pre-digital and it kind of went back to that whole idea of like learning the foundation you know I, I went in there and everything was shot on film everything was shot on four by five we oh. processed everything developed everything, oh, that's, so everything. that's so important cool. super important i feel like it's
1: important i mean that's my that's my og training you know.
0: right and you know it's it's really interesting like i love i love talking to people of from every generation and every experience to sort of like see what they think you know, for me, I really liked that deep foundational education, because it would inform how I would expose or it would inform my post production in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. When all of that started like coming around. So anyway, I went to art, I went to Art Center. And I thought I'm, I'm going to I'm going to come out of Art Center. And I'm going to be, you know, the next fashion photographer, David LaChapelle, or, you know, big sets and all this stuff. And that was not necessarily the direction I, I went. It was more, I was living in LA at the time and flying to, you know, I wanted to do editorial, even though every professional photographer that I spoke to who did editorial says, editorial is fun, but it's not going to pay the bills. Right. And, and, I, and, um, yes, this is true. But I, I you know, I wanted that editorial experience. Yeah. You get a lot of freedom, you meet a lot of people, and, so I would fly to You're New York. You're
1: making the decisions then.
0: You're, yeah, it's it's a lot on me. And, you know, I would go to New York four times a year. I'd, I'd push my way into any magazine that would see me. I would, I would go to New York. I'd be there for a week. I'd sit in a Starbucks for eight hours a day, making phone calls to photo editors and saying, hi, my name's Christopher Dibble. I'm a photographer from LA and I'm in town this week and I'd love to come in and show you my work. I mean, it was literally that.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. Really was- old school, pounding the pavement.
0: Well, and that was the only way to do it. I don't know. It kind of, it's, it's that I think the personal connection is super important. It goes back to kind of what we were saying earlier, right? You want to work with friends and Mm -hmm. you want to make that connection. And that was always so important to me to make a connection with a photo editor.
1: I agree. It makes all the difference. I mean, for them, speaking for myself, but when you're thinking about like, who do I want to work with? Who, who have you been in contact with? You know, it, it's much easier not to go blind. Like, oh, that guy really was, you know, really reached out and really made a point to come and see me. You know, that whole yep. thing makes a difference.
0: Well, and it's like, oh, and he was like easygoing. He was easy to talk yes. to.
1: Yeah. You get the vibe.
0: You get the vibe. <laughs> and um, and that, that's a big deal because the, the magazines that I was going And seeing were primarily entertainment magazines, and the goal was to be shooting, photographing celebrity. And so that's, you know, sort of another layer. It's like, okay, is this somebody that we can put in front of, you know, PR and...
1: It's not just a pretty picture. You have to click, check some different boxes.
0: Did that a whole bunch for many years. and Did it work? Very... It did. It did.
1: Let's and, you know, get to the meat of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. It did work, but I'll tell you, you know, I w- I would meet with the same magazine for four, four times before I would get hired. On some occasions, and on some occasions, it would be one time, and I'd get hired. So it's, you you just you just can't tell. Right. But yeah, absolutely worked. And I, you know, fifteen years later, I still have these connections with these photo editors and art directors that I started with.
1: I love that. And, and where they go, they, they take you with them often, you know?
0: That's yeah, absolutely. You kind of, it has definitely evolved over the years. um, But I think it's always been a lot of magazines have folded. I love, I love that there's a still a handful of independent magazines that, that made it through and are still producing like bust magazine.
1: Thank goodness. There's a few, you know, (laughs)
0: Honestly, yeah, I think it's it's so important to have that different point of view and that and that different perspective. And and I just I just love that.
1: So I know that you you and I have talked a lot about portraiture because I met you as doing interiors. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how you kind of your work morphed in that way. How did you how did you kind of go from one to another? Because when we talked, like I had only known you as interiors, and you were saying, Oh, I love portraiture so much. So yes. how did that kind of evolve for you?
0: Well, I love people. So portraiture has always been my number one love and I was in LA and that was just sort of what I fell into doing a lot of, for lack of a better, celebrity photography, um, a little bit of fashion. Then after 36 years of living in LA decided, you know, my husband and I decided that we wanted a change, change of pace. So we moved to Portland and it's it's a big move after being so sort of cemented in LA and family there, friends there. But we just thought, you know, we we just need a change of pace. We need a different lifestyle. And Portland is it was on the West Coast. My whole family's on the West Coast. But when we came up here, I thought, oh god, you know, what am I gonna do? And I thought maybe I'm not gonna be doing photography anymore. There's not a, there's not a ton of opportunity up here to do you know, celebrity portraiture or fashion. And so I've always, always, always loved design and interiors, and that's always been something that I've really been drawn to. So when I got up here, I had an opportunity to photograph an interior space. And um, it just, it I had no idea who the client was, but it turned out that it was Nate Berkus. Client, oh, wow. Well, was the client, and- There you go. And it was, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> wow. So I did this project and it obviously was beautiful and the home was beautiful. And so it was very, there's no bad angle. So I think I, I think I really lucked out there. And from there, you know, I thought, wow, that, you know, I, I do love this. And, and I had done a bit of this before, but not seriously. And, and I just started calling friends that I knew had interesting homes, not fancy, not high design, but just people with style and, you know, who had really cool, like, I'm just like looking at your background and I'm like, I love that. <laughs> and I'm inspired by that. And I want to go and I want to photograph that. Look at the colors and things like that. So, that.
1: Yeah, so that's
0: yeah. what I started doing and just practicing just practicing and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting um, and developing a style. And I, and I think one of the things that I tried to do was use my experience with photographing people and applying that to photographing spaces.
1: I would think that would be a really interesting mental translation. You know, it's, you're looking for character and how to bring that out and how to bring out their natural self. And then if you translate that to an interior, I imagine, I mean, I look at interiors a certain way. I grew up with a, you know, interior design mom. I am one, you know, like all the things. So I'm looking, like you said. I look at your background. I was like, Oh, I love how those colors together go together. Mm-hmm. I bet that's his weaving, you know, all the, mm-hmm. I noticed those things and I imagine you, you took to that interior part in a really fascinating way. I bet that was, was rich for you.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I again, very fortunate to be able to work with some very creative um, people, um, really great designers and sort of learned a lot through all of that, learned how to look at spaces through my eye, which was so used to looking at people, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, composition, putting people in spaces, um, uh, what's included in the frame. Uh, Is there a story happening um, within the frame? That's always really important.
1: I was always so amazed because I started my, I mean, I never took the photograph, but I styled a lot, as you know, mostly with my friend, Jane Dagmy, who was an editor for Country Living at the time. And she would say, she she would always say, look through the, because she was the like head stylist of that or the editor of that project we were working on or whatever. And she would say, look through the lens, look and see what I'm looking at. And because I'm standing there in a room where there's boxes on this side and furniture moved out of the way on that side and flower cuttings everywhere and it was <laughs> it was just so fascinating to me to then to then put it put you know mm-hmm. look through a lens if you yeah. and, and just see what what fell away oh I love that so much
0: oh it's such a good point to bring up I think this I I feel like for for so many years photography right photography um how it started it, it was very much about documenting reality right Mm -hmm. documenting real life it wasn't a painting you know where there were a lot of artistic liberties so so i feel like not now so much because i i i think people sort of like understand and there's been a lot of talk about it but there's how do i say this there's a lot of deception
1: (laughs) Uh, oh yeah (laughs) you know especially when photoshop came into the picture exactly I remember at the time I was very close with a photographer and I was like, what are you talking about? You're changing how that looks in Photoshop. Just the whole concept to me was, yeah. that just seems so wrong. And now it's just part of the whole process.
0: It is. I mean, I probably spend more time in Photoshop than I do on set. And, I, you know, that's just part of what I contribute to the imagery. You know, I I want my windows to be a certain opa- opacity. Uh, you yeah. know, I want to see just this much of the outside or, you know, I need some more shadow here or some more light here. And oftentimes you're photographing a project in uh, a situation that there's not a lot of time. So even though sometimes I'm, I, you know, if I'm using lights, I don't have two hours to do, to perfect the light. And it's just like, okay, that's going to happen in post.
1: I, I feel like, Oh gosh, with that whole Photoshop and presets and all that. I love the crisp realness of your photography. Thanks. It's clear and clean and bright. And I, I just feel like it, it feels really real to me.
0: Thank you so much. That's actually, I, I love hearing that. I, I struggled for so many years and occasionally still do. When I look at other, uh, many artists know that it's hard not to look at other artists' work and yeah. uh, compare. Yes, yourself. It is. Compare what you know, what you're doing to what they're doing, where they are on their journey, where you are. Did they get this quicker? Or you know, it's bananas what we do to ourselves. It is, and it's taken me many, many years of reminding myself <laughs> that i don't need to compare myself with others and i still do it <laughs> years of it's, therapy. i think it's
1: just natural especially since we see so much of it now I yes. used to think oh i'm the only photographer i yes. know or whatever and now it's like well just turn on the social media so
0: i spent a lot of years sort of looking at other people's work and really comparing myself comparing what i did to what they did and trying to sort of emulate what other people were doing and i love photography and work that is experimental and out there and different and otherworldly, like I love that stuff. And I finally realized that's just not how I work. That's just not who I am. That's not how I see things. And I think that started when I was photographing people primarily, like I really, really love depicting some space or some body as close to sort of who they are as possible. And When I'm photographing a portrait, one of my main goals is to find who that person is and present that.
1: Do you find that that's really hard to do?
0: I don't find that it's hard, but it takes work. But it's work that I really, really enjoy doing. It's speaking with somebody, it's asking them about their history, it's connecting with them. And sometimes that's difficult when you have a camera in front of your face, but. When I'm photographing a portrait, I would say I spend about 30% of the time hitting a button and 70% of the time talking to somebody.
1: I love that. Yeah. I would think that would get a much different result.
0: Absolutely. And and if I can do if I can do a photo shoot that's not digital, even better, cuz it yeah. it slows me down even more. So, okay. once I finally got to a point where I didn't feel like I needed to keep up with all these other like, i just say like cool photographers, it freed me up a lot. And and it allowed me to just sort of like do my work and, and be okay with knowing that my work is just very, I don't know, uh, traditional. I love traditional portraits. I, I love, love creating that. traditional portraits and spaces. So that's nice to hear that that everything looks so like crisp and, and real. Um, I love that. Yeah.
1: I, you know, you've brought up A lot of things that I I bet people are wondering about how you get there. Questions. I think a good one, of course, is comparison and looking and thinking. Oh, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And it feels to me like you keep going back to what feels right for you, which is fantastic. Another thing is since people aren't really saying, "Come up to my office and look at," let me see your portfolio. Sure, come on up. In thinking back about if you were kind of joining the ranks now. And you did. You had to re you had to reconnect when you guys moved to Portland. But do you have advice for getting in front of people, getting noticed? Uh
0: consistency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being kind. Yeah, you said that before. Thing. That's a
1: good one.
0: Being uh being consistent and just really, I think, for lack of a better term, reading the room, being empathetic, I think is really, really important because you're dealing with so many different personalities, right? These days, getting well, especially now, sort of in sort of pandemic times, post-pandemic times, going up to somebody's office and showing them your portfolio is not right. reality. Nope. So it's finding um, other ways to connect genuinely. I love how that. How do you how do you do that if you don't know if you've never talked to this editor before or this art director before? How you know how do you connect? Emails. The last time I went to New York was. I actually went in 2019 and I tried to do my, I hadn't gone for like five or six years. And I tried to do my whole thing where I'm making calls and it just wasn't wasn't even happening then.
1: Oh, this is a good sequel to the first story, yeah. Right? It just
0: wasn't happening. I make calls, make calls, make calls. Nobody's gonna see, nobody's seeing people in in person really. And it's all, send me your portfolio, send me an email. But I'm right
1: downstairs. Right,
0: I know I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm in your (laughs) lobby. Never see. Don't do that. No, don't. Don't don't ever admit
1: to being hungry. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Don't. Don't be. Don't come off stalkerish. Balance between consistency and 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 too much. Um, Mm -hmm. You you really want to strike that balance. But I would say the the call doesn't hurt. If you can get somebody on a phone and say, hey, I'm uh even if you're not in town, you could say, hey, I'm I'm a photographer from blah, 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 blah. I really love um what you're doing and I'd love to show you my work. You know, great. Send me a link. Okay, cool. At least you have that sort of yeah. Yeah. connection. Mm-hmm.
1: They've heard your voice.
0: They've heard your voice. And when your email comes in with the other like 300 emails they're going to get that
1: day, yes. they'll be like,
0: oh, oh, yeah, I told him to, or I told her, or I told them to. Send me their work, so let me look at it.
1: A hundred percent, yes, on that. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that's a big thing, and also just know know who you're calling. Do your homework. I like to look at like people's LinkedIn. You know, if and if they say send me an email, I can I can send them an email and maybe reference maybe some connection that we have.
1: Yeah, that's a great great idea. I love those tips. Those are so if they're right. They're what we talk about a lot, or different people mention, and I think it's just key to repeat. Mm -hmm. kindness empathy Mm -hmm. be genuine be consistent Mm -hmm. reach out and it doesn't have to be a phone call you can you can slide into those dms or just leave a comment oh what what a great you know room that is i love it and then and leave five comments all of a sudden they're like who's christopher dibble you know i want to check him out
0: i love that you mentioned that because yes we are we are living in the instagram era and dms big thing, comments, big thing, consistency. But also it's that, it's that be genuine thing. And look, if you're not like verbose, like me and happy-go-lucky all the time, you don't have to be.
1: Right, Still right, be no. yourself,
0: but still be genuine to yourself. Be empathetic to the other person as well and, and, and try and find where you connect. Try and find that connection. Because that's really what what people are going to be like, Ooh, we have this connection. Let's work together. Let's be on set for two days for eight hours. (laughs) You know,
1: (laughs) I love that. Sir, the dogs are barking like crazy in the background. Um, I love that though. Try and find that connection. It's, it's really true because if you just, even if the connection is I have those same glasses or whatever, you do such a great job displaying them there. They just, you just get noticed. You really do
0: absolutely absolutely
1: so you have I mean there's so many things I could ask you about because you've worked on such great projects and I feel like you are a creator of great projects so tell me a little bit I know photography is not your only thing you like to do uh, True. and and how that's kind of Woven itself, to pick a word, through, yes. your, through
0: your work. <laughs> Good one. Um, it's really interesting. I remember, to um, give a little bit of background, um, My I come from a creative family. My mom would say that she's not creative at all. Both my parents were teachers. Um, my dad, photographer and a teacher. Um, my mom was a teacher. Um, and she would always say, I'm not creative. But then she would like, just how she can write her name just how she signs her name in cursive it's like beautiful and she's amazing at painting and she does stained glass and she always says she's not creative you know she's that person yes um, and my, yes she is <laughs> she is and my dad um was just, was always an artist um and so i come from this very like um creative family Who parents did a lot of different kinds of things yes
1: um different I kinds can relate of relate to that my
0: dad like made jewelry and silk print silk screens and taught art in in school and um i have that sort of as my foundation then I went to school and when I was in school it was like um when you're showing your book your portfolio's got to be like very singular voice this is who i am this is what I do um you need an art director to look through that and know exactly what he's gonna get and i get that i understand that but I could just never do that.
1: I, yeah, I'm not one of those who necessarily agrees with that.
0: Right? Yes, exactly. So I was like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not, you know, I'm not showing a book with like a picture of like mouthwash and then a portrait and then, a, you know, I'm not doing that, but it's still varied, but it all kind of has my voice going through everything. And I've spent years trying to um, switch that about me.
1: Mm-hmm. I spent
0: years trying to turn that part of my brain off. Um, and so finally I- Don't again, do it. <laughs> I, right? So I finally just kind of like accepted it, you know, and it's taken, it took years and years and years.
1: It, but you know, you, you, we pay money, we go to school or, or we, mm-hmm. we get advice from somebody that we feel like is, is the end all to get advice mm-hmm. from it. But the main thing is like, what are you passionate about? Yep. What do you like to do?
0: Exactly. Oh, that was another thing. I'm going to come back to this whole weaving thing. But that was another thing. I would go to photo editor after photo editor after photo editor, and you get different advice from every single one of them. And it's like, well, I respect all of you, but now I'm more confused than ever. And I was told over and over and over, do, just do you just do yeah. it. Just yep. do what that's your the main is. thing. Don't listen to that. You know, take that into consideration. But do you with it? Apply yourself to this advice that you're getting, and that's. I mean, that's what I ended up having to do. It took me years to to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a process, and some people get it quicker. I agree. I was, I was a little slower.
1: Same,
0: um, <laughs> but it sort of like allowed me then to explore other things that I was interested in. I love learning. I love so many different art forms. And when I, I've I've always been interested in textiles for some reason. I do not know why. I've always been interested in textiles. And one time there was this estate sale and there was a loom and I've always wanted to weave. So I got this loom. I bought a a little tabletop loom and it sat in the corner for like two or three years. normal, right? Like, this is what people yeah, totally. do, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that! So you get it, and then it sits there for a while. Um, finally, I took, like, a, a night class on weaving, and I was like, I love this. This is so, so, so wonderful. When I moved to Portland, because I didn't really know what I was doing, and I wasn't working a lot because I was in a new city and trying to get my bearings, I started weaving. And it's really funny because I have... Love that. I have a lot of friends who are artists and makers and crafters. And when I started weaving, it was kind of right at that time. It, it hasn't been very long, but it was at that time when woven wall hangings were just really like starting, like really picking up and mm-hmm. taking up and very textural and um, fabulous. Like, And I love them. But when I try and do it, <laughs> it's inauthentic <laughs> because Ooh. that's just not how my brain is. It's just. Okay. I was never and I tried it and I'm so happy I experimented yeah. with it and Well, cuz we try it.
1: we tend to kind of experiment with what we what we see happening around us. Yes. And you do have something gorgeous behind you.
0: Yes, yeah, this is a Jess Fury piece um, hanging gorgeous. on the wall. But I I loved the pieces that these artists were creating. Janelle Peterzak, um, Jess Fury. You know, I loved all these and I would create a piece and I'd be like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. Um, but it didn't – it wasn't the thing that, like, kept me super excited. And I think what's, like, kind of strange to me is the thing that I love weaving is, like, linens. Like,
1: mm.
0: towels and blankets and, like, everything in plain weave. You know, it's like – It's so cool, though. <laughs> but I think it kind of – um. I think it makes sense for me because Uh the type of portraits that I like to take are very clear, straightforward and Mm -hmm. clear. Um, So I just, I think that just makes sense. Um,
1: I love that. Well, if, I mean, there has to be, when you think about what all had to be woven before there were even machines, like there were some people who thankfully loved weaving the homespun fabrics. And there were some people that loved weaving a beautiful intricate throw or whatever that is. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. You know, how the trends maybe lend us to try and doing something that we might not otherwise, or et cetera. I love that you kind of found your, your niche there.
0: Yeah, I, and, well, and for me, it's very meditative. Like when I practice meditation, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's uh-huh. hard to do regularly for me. But it's, weaving is, is a meditative practice I used to knit. And I found that I was just the type of person that knit very tightly, I, I think is just because I'm an anxious person and kind of go, 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 go. But with weaving, I find myself kind of like falling into that sort of I don't know, I'm sure other people experience it, but you're doing something that you really enjoy doing, but there's still some sort of like tension or this like, I just want to get it perfect. And I just, uh, you know, I'm able to let that go a lot easier when I'm weaving.
1: Oh, wow. That's I'm allowed
0: to let things be a little bit more wabi-sabi.
1: Oh, I love that. Isn't it interesting to find that thing where you can kind of zone out and be you and it And you're, you're giving yourself grace in that, in some certain area of not being so specific or whatever it is.
0: Giving yourself grace. Oh (laughs) my gosh. How important is that? We don't give ourselves enough grace. And I, I personally, especially don't do that when it comes to photography, because it has become my business. It has become how I survive. It has become sort of the thing that I depend on. And so it is very difficult for me to allow for mistakes. I just feel there's so much pressure and and don't get me wrong, I still love it and I can't imagine doing anything else, but I do feel an immense amount of pressure anytime I'm doing an assignment to get it right, to get it perfect, to get it as perfect as possible. I'm a people pleaser. I want everybody to be happy, but it puts a tremendous amount of sort of pressure for sure on me.
1: What a cool thing to have to have found something like you're weaving where mm-hmm. you can kind of dig into that and just be, just yeah. be you. I I wish more people, I don't know, I was going to say realize, I think a lot of us realize it, but gave ourselves permission to like, mm-hmm. okay, when I'm an artist as a career a photographer or whatever, whatever, whatever you're doing we mm-hmm. we might start a little wabi-sabi right but then the more we get into it we know mm-hmm. what those perfection boundaries are we know what that client is looking for but mm-hmm. to be able to step aside yourself and kind of create something else like it's just picking up a paintbrush or weaving or maybe it is taking pictures for somebody else that's an illustrator you know but mm-hmm. do that thing that gives you the grace right that relaxes the rest of it that yes. lets you still create but but it, and then it feeds the other part that has to be so we get more precise at the, the longer we do it
0: it does and that that you know that makes me think when i when i was just kind of like calling up my friends who maybe had like cool style and i was like let me shoot yeah. your house let me photograph your house and it was just sort of there was an ease to it because there wasn't this pressure to make it perfect because i wasn't getting paid for it you know right right and I'll say that just because I'm getting paid for a job doesn't mean that I'm freaking out all the time. But sure. there is that pressure. It makes me it makes me think of the book Big Magic. There were so many like little bits of wisdom in there, like Dress for your muse, you know, which I always really liked. And also this idea of like, this is paraphrasing. I worked as a bartender for, for like my first six books, you know, because I didn't want to put the pressure on my writing. You know, I wanted my writing to be that thing. And that's sort of what weaving is for me. And I think, you, I think it can apply to, to anything. If you have... If your career is illustration, or if your career is, you know, anything sort of specific in the arts, having something else that you're not trying to make a business out of is super important.
1: Yeah. That took me a long time also. Right, (laughs) that is such a good tip right there.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna make these weavings and I gotta sell them because I gotta buy the yarn and it takes time. No, dude.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But you did turn your love of weaving into it. pretty fantastic project can we just touch on that a
0: a minute yes yeah so I um have always been drawn to Diné or or Navajo weavings and in the beginning it was doing that sort of same thing where it's just like oh I wonder if I can weave something like this and sort of quickly realizing okay that's also not the path right like that's that's not what's happening. But sort of through that, I'm very fortunate to meet some incredible weavers. And also through one of my very good friends, Amy Young, who runs for Kinship.
1: I'm so glad you know her because she's on my very short list of oh, fantastic she's, people.
0: She's, she's just wonderful. You know, through her journey and being her friend, I've been very, very fortunate to meet some incredible, incredible humans who are uh, raising sheep, raising churro sheep, and um, spinning yarn and making weavings. So in Portland, we have Portland Textile Month, which is a month long of events, art shows, talks, and it's organized by Textile Hive. And I was fortunate to link up with Textile Hive sort of just before their first event, and now... They're on their fourth year. In 2020, Portland Textile Month was still happening. It was all gonna be virtual. And you know, we were talking, I was talking with the organizers and thinking about, you know, what's something that what's something that I could work on to present at Textile Month. But since it was right at the beginning of pandemic times, everything was going to be virtual. And I, I I, was really, really kind of racking my brain about things that we could do virtually. And it was also at a time when I was educating myself and meeting uh, virtually, you know, Instagram, small world, meeting a lot of these really, really incredible Diné weavers and artists.
1: And- That's such a passion of mine too, Diné oh. weaving. And I just, I, I love and I imagine you'll touch on this, but the way you did it being so authentic and not like, hey, white guy coming in, you know, it's, it's it was, I love how you keep, keep talking.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It was, you know, um, so this is all sort of just really, really trying to educate myself and and think sort of beyond myself. And I talked to, you know, I'd always had this like because I, because I love the weaving so much, it's like, oh, I want to go and I want to do like a photo story and I'd love to do like a documentary and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and educating myself and speaking with Amy from For Kinship, we came together to produce this docu-panel discussion with several Dene Weavers. And it was important. It was obviously something that I was passionate about and wanted to be involved in but for me it was important to really 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 take a back seat and do anything I could and so I so I really tried to just sort of help facilitate the creation of this as much as possible and Amy is such you know she knows everybody we got we got a group together uh, Amy was working with this incredible um Diné filmmaker and we created this really beautiful sort of documentary filmed on location doing sort of like little in-depth pieces on each of the artists sort of discussing everything from the beginnings of um, Dene weaving to appropriation to raising churro sheep and spinning yarn. It was incredible. It was called Weaving the Future.
1: I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I think it's so interesting you did it then in 2020. I know I'm a follower of Amy on Instagram and she was so massively involved in fundraising and getting help. She's just such a fierce advocate for the reservation and mm-hmm. all the the health aspects and the yep. the help they weren't getting. And she was mm-hmm. so... She's been such a great advocate for that. And I love that you two connected on this and just more places for us to learn and, yeah. and, and respect and, and understand what's what's it all about, what's coming into this. I
0: feel so, so incredibly fortunate that I was able to be a part of this. Since Amy's such a, an advocate and such a strong fundraiser, this documentary was set up to raise funds for a Navajo, the longest running Navajo nonprofit called Denebeina, which is uh, Sheep is Life. We were able to raise, you know, a bunch of money for for this incredible organization who, you know, at the time it was, it was heavy, heavy pandemic times and they weren't able to have um, in-person marketplaces and, you know, raise the funds that they normally would. So it was really, I feel incredibly fortunate to have been able to learn so much and just have a, a very tiny part in the creation of this video.
1: And that at those partnerships and collaborations, again, you just never know where they're gonna lead you. Mm-hmm. That was something where you followed your gut. You're involved in Portland in Textile Month. You're mm-hmm. thinking, I have a passion for this. Who do I know that I can reach out to? And then the connections that continue to flow for that and, mm-hmm. and, and how you can help educate so many and then shine light on so many others i think that's
0: yes yeah i mean it it goes back to you know wanting to work with people that you like and wanting to work with friends and you know having that having that circle and again like being kind and you know, fostering relationships is really important and just having genuine connections with people.
1: Well, and I love too how you're obviously finding a way to make still photography and video work both meaningful to your day to day.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I would like some more video practice and you know, I have, ugh, I can't help it. I, I guess it's an Aries trait. Where we really like to start, <laughs> really like to start projects. I think <laughs> um, finishing them is a little bit more difficult.
1: I think it's a Leo trait too, <laughs> personally.
0: <laughs> so it's just I have so many different ideas and thoughts and things that I want to do, and it's 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 difficult to find the time. I used to be that person who would not stop working until I was in bed, and, and maybe I,
1: still more there
0: you know, I mean, we have our phone, we're, we're constantly tethered, right? Um, so it's so easy to do that. But I have done a lot of practice in turning my brain off at a yeah. certain point at night. And I think that helps me mentally. But it doesn't help with getting done all of the things that I want to get done. Correct. <laughs> like I've got all these like video projects that I want to do and, and these weavings that I want to do. And there's just so much stuff. I just there's so much stuff I love.
1: No shortage of inspiration, which brings me to I want to talk a teeny bit before we wrap it up about all these things you're working on. You're working on so many cool projects. You have a very awesome book out with Max Humphrey called Modern yes. Americana, which is a beautiful book that thank you. I I think I saw it online or something before I quickly realized it was you, but um, no, somebody an artist brought it to my attention have you seen Mm. this and then it was like oh my gosh it's Christopher and And so that must have been pretty exciting and I know you're working on another book but you also um have a lot of projects beyond beyond your own kind of photography biz um Mm -hmm. that you know tell me a little bit about what you're excited about right now
0: well, yes, my first, the first book that I ever did was with Max Humphrey, a designer that I worked extensively with um when uh when I first moved up to we we moved we both moved up here from LA right around the same time and we got connected through Gray Magazine, which is a which is a design magazine based in in Seattle and We just sort of hit it off. And I just worked on a ton of projects. And uh, it sort of culminated in this book, Modern Americana with all Nexus designs and super fun, total like dream to do a book then because I have so many things in my head buzzing around all the time there was another another book in there and so 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 thankful in in chatting with you being able to hook up with the publisher the same publisher to pitch another book and i you know with your help hooked up with them and now i'm we're working on another book i'm working with a designer in the bay area destination eichler
1: can't wait and for those of you don't know what an i or what eichler means eichler was a uh california bay area designer from the 50s 60s who did mid-century homes that all had kind of a specific look very kind of flat roof fabulous courtyard oh I just Just, don't get me started they're so great
0: beautiful beautiful iconic really really iconic iconic. mid-century architecture so the destination Eichler's focus is mid-century design so we're working together photographing a lot of her projects and creating this book which is going to come out, which I'm really, really excited about. It's been a total, but there's so much education <laughs> that happens when you're publishing a book and uh, lots of learning. And it's, and it's really, really great. So we're doing both of those books. Beyond that, you know, Margot, we've talked so much about all of the other things in my brain, all of the other projects. There's portraiture projects, there's textile projects, a lot of photography. I work with a group here in Portland called Assemblage PDX, where we're putting on, you know, that when the um, pandemic happened and all of the in-person marketplaces closed down, we had so many makers and crafters and artists who are so dependent on these in-person marketplaces that just didn't exist anymore? So, some friends and I, um, a group called uh, Makers Union PDX, and we <clears throat> built a, an online marketplace and um, just a place where where makers who maybe don't have wholesale accounts, who don't have a stockist, who. Are used to selling their work direct. We created a marketplace for all of these incredible makers to be able to sell their work. Once things started, you know, happening again, and, and these marketplaces started coming around again, we shifted and renamed ourselves Assemblage, and now it's about producing marketplaces and street fairs and things like that.
1: I love how much community, which is one of your one of the things you said was important to have. Yeah. Wow weaves. It's oh God, there I go again. Yeah, I know. But is, is consistent <laughs> with your, with just who you are. I love how, how you give out to, you know, to bring yourself inspiration and joy. And it, it just, it, it just makes such sense. Cause when you, if you're just alone, kind of figuring out the photography all day, that wouldn't be nearly as, I don't know, it probably wouldn't resonate with you nearly as much as being able to have your hands involved in lots of wonderful projects that help bring other people along as well.
0: I have been helped so much in my journey. I have received so much help and so much assistance from people on my journey and I still do. And I'm so, so, so appreciative of that. And you know, it's just something that I love is, is doing anything I can to help somebody else. I started doing photography and I kind of felt a little bit like a lot of people were very guarded. A lot of people held mm-hmm. a lot of things really close to their chest and have always been an open book. And when you find those people who are an open book and who are willing to help you, it, it, it's just, it's meant so much to me.
1: Again, that that creates more community. It creates more people you know, more people you can reach out to or work with or recommend or... All that it's
0: absolutely and and you know while that's not necessarily like you know it's not like oh i gotta like i've gotta um have this community so that i can get you know the, my connections it, it's more like i have this incredible community of friends who just yeah. happen to love to work together and love to i gotta love connecting people that's like one of my favorite things
1: it's so rewarding. It's so much fun. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you connect somebody who you feel like needs to know each other, or work together? It's so cool.
0: absolutely, absolutely. You guys would be such great friends, dude. and that's how yeah, you meet. I'm, I've met so many friends that way. Oh, you're, oh, you're moving to Portland. Oh, you need to know this person and this person and this person. I love that. I love that.
1: I love how you've certainly made Portland your your place.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Obvious. Well, I I love all the things you're doing. You're an inspiration too many and certainly me and i love i love that i'm so glad we're connected
0: me too okay. me too
1: i do want to know you know i can't i can't wrap up without knowing who's inspiring you which of course you've shared many and i'm, I'm keeping a good list but when you think about like oh gosh who's inspiring you right now
0: what oh my come, gosh who who's the mind that is so hard
1: <laughs> there,
0: <laughs> there are so many i do spend way too much time on instagram i have to admit and so there are Countless people whose names I actually don't know on Instagram yeah. that I follow, um, but who do I love looking at? Like I love looking at All Roads Studio, mm-hmm. which is helmed um, by um, Janelle Petersack and um, and Robert Doherty, and love what they're doing. A lot of really great sculptural pieces, textile pieces. So so good. I love what Amy is creating at Four Kinship. It's always super exciting to see. Who are some other people that I'm that I'm inspired by? See, so this is where I should have been prepared.
1: Well, you sent me a couple. Do you want me to remind uh, you who you said? Yes,
0: please do. <laughs>
1: you said Gus Van Sant and Dawood uh, Bey.
0: Oh yes. Okay, so Gus Van Sant. I love. I've been watching his films a lot recently. Maybe it's because I I grew up in that era i sort of like came to age in the 90s but there's that connection there that i really feel um and um dawood bay is a photographer who i've only sort of become aware of in the past several years but i love his work so much because mm. he's an artist who can create different kinds of work
1: uh, there, and it all important. has
0: his voice That's a gift strung through an absolute gift. And and he's a teacher and he's a filmmaker and he's a photographer. And um, I was so, so fortunate to last time I was in New York, I was like, oh my gosh, like he's having a show and he's there. And and so I got to meet him and, and he's such an inspiration. He did a book with Aperture that I really love called Dawood Bay on photographing people and communities. Mm. And I discovered that book in 2020 when a lot of my perspectives were changing and I was educating myself and learning about people and about entering, inserting myself in different Communities and and how that may or may not be necessarily the appropriate thing for me to be doing. So that book was really really great. Sounds he, timely. Yeah, it was it was it was very timely and, and I'm so I'm so fortunate that it exi- that the book exists.
1: Those are great. Thank you so much. And, and have- you,
0: Margo, I'm inspired oh. by you. I love what you're doing. Honestly, I think just what you do, this podcast, um, your newsletters, everything—it's such a great way to um, learn about other artists. And and I love it. I love it. I think. Thank you. It's so so cool.
1: Thank you. I and not the I, easiest. <laughs> no, it's 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 not. But you know what? It's one of those things that I love so much. And it, and maybe it is because we, we share that connector gene, but I just love digging right. in and finding out about people and, sh- and hopefully thinking, you know, somebody's listening that it's going to benefit from those tips you gave or, or, you know, has always wondered about photography and now they're inspired after listening to you or they're going to go read that book or whatever it is certainly you know watch the documentary it's just hopefully other people are getting as much joy as I do uh, from just sitting down and talking to you well thanks for being here I love it and you know I am a a giant fan and we just connected from the get-go and
0: I really appreciate that I appreciate it too thank you so much for having me
1: Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.